to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. start tonight. Let's go to Psalm 19. Psalm 19. Father, thank you for your word again tonight on your kingdom. I thank you for continually opening our eyes up to the word of God that deals with the kingdom of God and how we live in the kingdom, live above this natural world, and we live in righteousness, peace, and joy in your Holy Ghost. I thank you tonight for more revelation in the kingdom of God, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Okay, Psalm 19 this morning, or this afternoon, or tonight, or whenever. We're going to read this, but let me just say, you know, we've talked about the kingdom of God so far. Last week we talked about a constitution. What we want you to understand more than anything is that the kingdom of God is a government. It has nothing to do with religion or religiosity. It is a spiritual government that was brought to the earth. Adam had it at one time and he lost it. And Jesus Christ came back to bring the kingdom of God back into the earth realm. Right now you are part of an invasion of the kingdom of God back into the earth realm. We see more and more resistance because the kingdom of God, I believe, is spreading a lot faster than it was just five, ten years ago. Now, you're not going to hear that on the news. You're not going to hear it anywhere. But the kingdom of God is on the move, basically. So there's a stronger resistance in a lot of different areas that we see on the news. All we see is the bad stuff, not the good stuff. But basically, the kingdom of God is advancing. People are getting born again. People are starting to understand the kingdom of God, that they have rights, that they have privileges, and that they have a constitution, just like any other government, that they can live by. How many know you can live by the constitution? How many know you are living by a constitution? So the Constitution we found out last week is the Bible. Uh, tonight we're going to talk about the law. There's also spiritual law just like there's physical and natural law. So we want to understand the laws of the spiritual world so that we don't walk outside those laws and become not a law-abiding citizen in the spirit realm. All right, nine, Psalm 19 talks about the law. Look at verse 7. It says, The law of the Lord is perfect. It converts the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statues of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much more than fine gold, sweeter also than honey from the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is a great reward. Who can understand his heirs? Cleanse me from the secret faults. Keep back my servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright or righteous, and I shall be innocent from all the great transgressions. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Now, I mean, that's a pretty good psalm there, praise God. So we found out last week that we have a constitution. The constitution in the kingdom is the documented wills and aspirations and desires of the king. We live in a democracy, and in a democracy, the constitution we have is the wills and desires of the people. That constitution starts out, we the people. The king's constitution says, I am the king, and this is my will and my desires. So it's completely different. You had no say in the constitution. You don't have any say in the constitution. You just have to find out what the king's will and desires are and live by them in the kingdom of God. So the law of the Lord or the law of the king here, number one, it will protect the constitution and secure your rights. 
The law is to protect the Constitution, to make sure the Constitution fulfills itself, to make sure you walk in line with the Constitution. And the Constitution then has promises, it has rights, it has guarantees for each and every one of them. No human society can survive without laws. How many of you know that? The more lawlessness we see in the world today, the more things are falling apart because you have to live by the laws in order for any kind of kingdom or any kind of government to prosper. So every kingdom is governed by laws, whether it's natural government or spiritual government. Laws enforce and protect the standard by which the kingdom and the, and the government operates. So the Constitution spells out what the government expects from the people, but also what the people can expect from the government. It also states the rights of the people. The law protects the standards and the rights of the people, but also preserves penalties for anyone who does not stand by the standards of the law. I mean, even the natural realm, you disobey the law, you can get in trouble. You drive 205 down I-95 and you get stopped. How many of you know you're, you're going to be a penalty for that? Why is that? Because there's laws that are there to keep you from doing things that will not help you or society or be beneficial for you. And if you break those laws, there's always a penalty for it. So the Bible is the kingdom of heaven's constitution, but the Bible is also the laws of the kingdom of the constitution. And when we think of laws, many times we think of inconvenient, unpleasant things. We think it's binding us. We think it's ridiculous. We don't want to obey the law because we want to rebel against the law. But laws are designed to provide a safe environment where we can live in peace and security and in confidence. Whenever you break the law, how many of you know you lose your peace? You lose your joy. You lose everything about it. It's the same way in the spiritual realm. If you lose your peace, sometimes you're agitated or whatever. Why is that? Because maybe you broke one of the laws. Come on now. Maybe you didn't know you broke one. Or maybe you did and you're just too bullheaded to say that I broke the law and I need to go back and fix what happened in my life. So what does the law do for us? Here it says, number one, it revives your spirit. How many of you know you are a spirit? You have a soul. You live in a body. So it revives your spirit. You want revival? Obey the laws of God. It fills you with joy. Why is that? Because in the kingdom of God, you live for Him and other people, not for yourself. You want to lose your joy? Just be selfish. Just go after what you want, and when you get it, you won't want it anymore. Just go after your desires, and what you, when you get it, you won't desire it anymore. Because it's all selfishness. What happens? It makes you lose your joy. Here it says it enriches you with wealth. It makes the simple wise. How many of you were simple when you got born in the kingdom of God? It enlightens your mind, and it warns you against foolishness that could destroy your life. So we get in the laws of God. We start to understand them. We start to remove some of the things in our lives that do not belong in our lives. That's what the Constitution and the laws are there for. The law will nourish us not only spiritually, but soulishly, and also in our physical body. Go to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, look at verse 4. Jesus answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of who? Out of the mouth of God. So notice here it tells you that food is not the natural thing that's going to make you so happy. There's something more important than that. There is spiritual food that you can get from the Word of God. The Word of God is solid. It's dependable. It's unchanging. You live by standards. They are the truth. What will it do? It'll advise you what to do in every situation of your life to line up with the kingdom of God. And it will also give you direction. 
People all the time want direction. Let me help you. Read the Word. Amen. You don't have to go to everybody that thinks they're a prophet and try to get direction. Find it in the Bible. Find it in the law. Find it in the Constitution and follow the law. Everything that God created was designed to function by certain laws that were built into whatever He created. Birds do not have to be taught to fly. Why? It's built into their nature. They just naturally fly. They have that ability in them. Fish are born with a natural ability to swim. You don't have to teach a fish to swim. He just comes into the world and he knows how to swim. A seed knows how to operate. When it's planted in the ground, it will grow up. If it gives water and everything that it needs, it will reproduce after itself. And notice, the ability of a seed is in the seed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We can go 40 different places here, but we're not going to. Even your children, when you have a child and you bring him into the world, how many know you did not have to sit him down and say, this is how you lie, son, and this is how you cheat, and this is how you steal, and this is how you get angry when I tell you what to do. I just want you to practice this so you get real good at it. No, when a child's born with the nature of the enemy on the inside of him, all these things are natural things for him to do. You do not have to be trained. Well, when we get born again, which we did, and got God's nature on the inside of us, it is now natural to live in peace, natural for us to live in joy, natural for us to live in righteousness. It's now abnormal for us to do the things we did when we had the old nature. So it changes on the inside. But we have to be reminded of what the laws really are, and that's why the Bible basically tells you what the laws are. So once again, you can start obeying them and live like the nature that you have on the inside of them. Violation of natural law is bad. How many of you know that? I mean, you take a fish out of water, it ain't going to work out very good for him, is it? It's not going to work at all. Why is that? He violated the law. A bird is unable to fly. He's not going to last very long. A seed, basically, that you don't put in the ground is not going to fulfill its purpose. So natural law is very, very important with the things you deal with. But spiritual law for us is more important than natural, basically, laws. So we need to learn the laws of the kingdom of God and live by them and not violate them. All right, go to Romans chapter 13. All right, Romans chapter 13, look at verse 10. It says, Love works no ill to its neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of what? The law. So people said, I want to walk in the law, I want to fulfill the law. Well, let me tell you what the main law is. It's called the law of love. As long as you're obeying the law of love, every other thing in your life will be lined up where it's supposed to. Jesus came basically because mankind lost their ability to walk in love because their nature was changed when they sinned and fell away from God. Plus they lost someone by the name of the Holy Spirit. How many of you know it's impossible to walk in love without the Holy Ghost? Without Him leading and guiding you and showing you the way and listening to His voice, you will never do it. So here it says, love is the fulfillment of kingdom law. Love is the law of the kingdom. What does it produce? It produces your nature. Love, joy, peace, patience, all these things that are already on the inside of you. So Jesus provided a new birth for mankind, a new creation with God's nature inside this new creation. Say, I have love on the inside of me. Okay, go Romans chapter 5.
Romans chapter 5, look at verse 5. And hope makes us not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. I hear people pray all the time, Lord, give me more love. Give me more love. Just give me more love. Give me. Well, the Bible already tells you that you have the love of God. How many know it's going to be harder to get more love than that? You have the love of God already on the inside of you. So when you were born again, basically, you had the ability now to obey the laws of God, which the main law of God is love, and it is also the law of life. Now, we talked a lot about grace that Jesus also brought, but grace is not to excuse you from disobeying the law. Grace gives you the ability to obey the law. So some people continually fail, continually sin. Oh, thank God for the grace of God. Well, he didn't give you the grace of God for you to keep sinning and say thank God for the grace of God. He gave you the ability to obey the word of God and basically walk in the love that he gave you. That's what grace is all about. Grace is ability. I have ability to walk in love each and every day because it's placed on the inside of me. Now, how am I going to produce the fruit of love on the inside of me? I'm going to have to plant a seed, and that seed is the Word of God or the Constitution on the inside of me. And every seed produces after its own kind. So if it's a God seed, it's going to produce God nature, God character, God morality, God everything else. But the life of that seed is in itself. So you're not going to walk in love by looking out here and trying to walk in love. You're going to plant the seed of love, just like the seed of corn, and first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. So if you were slapping people before and cussing people out before and shouting at people, after a little while of planting the seed, you'll just be shouting and cussing them out. Isn't that wonderful? And then after a little longer, you'll just cuss them out and you won't shout anymore. You'll slowly grow in the love that's on the inside of you and start it to manifest in your life. So you were created to walk in the law of love. That's what you were created to do. I was created to walk in righteousness, peace, and in joy of the Holy Ghost. I don't want to violate the law and say, oh, well, the grace of God is just so wonderful. That's not an excuse for you to do that. I, I believe the grace of God was to get drunk six days a week and then repent on Saturday night and go to church on Sunday and start all over again. And I wasn't going to change. I was going to be the same. But thank God for the grace of God. Well, thank God I didn't die because I don't know if there's enough grace there to get me where I needed to go. But it's not that. And you have to understand, you have an ability. And once you step out of the law of love, what will happen? Well, first of all, conviction by the Spirit of God will come to you. If you don't do anything with it, then you'll start to get a little bit guilty. Then you'll start to get into condemnation. Then you'll start to be grumpy. And everybody that sees your face will know. I mean, you know, it manifests in the natural realm. And it manifests on people's face. I mean, if somebody's mad at you and you walk by them, you don't have to ask them if they're mad at you. There's a manifestation of madness all over their face, praise God, when you walk by them. Why is it? What was on the inside of them basically was manifesting. So we want to continue to walk in love. We have the ability. We don't want to violate the laws because it, it leads us into defeat. A lot of the body of Christ is in sickness, not because they're demon-possessed, not because of this or that, because simply they're not law-abiding citizens. They're living outside the law, and when you do that, it causes you to get depressed. It causes you to lose your peace. It causes you to lose your joy. It causes pressure in your life. Anything that you run into that had a real problem in your life was something basically you caused. So don't give the devil credit for what you did. 
See? Oh, it's the devil, devil, devil. No, it's you, you, you. That's who it is. That's who's got the problem. The devil's not holding grudges against anybody. The devil's not walking in unforgiveness. The devil's not mad at the world. That's you mad at the world. Now, you want to blame it on the devil, then hope the grace of God covers what the devil did, but it doesn't work that way. Basically, we have the ability to live outside of those things and live in the law of love. The laws are the key to success for everybody and for the fulfillment of your purpose in life. Obedience to the law gives you prosperity, lets you enjoy success in your life. As long as a fish stays in the water, how many know he's going to prosper? As long as a bird can fly, he's going to prosper. As long as you put a seed in the ground and give it the natural things that it needs, it is going to grow and produce. So why do Christians think they can live outside their law of operation and live in righteousness, peace, and joy? It can't be done because you're not going to fulfill what God has called you to do. So as long as we obey the laws of God, you will live, you will grow, you will prosper, you will succeed, and you will walk in love. Why did God lay out the law of this law for us? Why did he give us the word in the Constitution? He wants you to succeed in every area of your life. These are not restrictions in your life. These are the way. You know, the Bible talks a lot about the way. What's the way of righteousness, peace, and truth, and everything else? The way is his laws and his constitution of what you're supposed to do. He's not doing that to restrict you. He's doing that because Father knows best for your life. And when you obey those laws in your life, then the peace and the joy and the righteousness will be in your life all the time, no matter what happens out here. How I many you know you can be influenced by things on the outside? But we don't want to do that. We want to be a people who are different and live above what the world lives like and what Christianity and religion lives by. And we can do that. We have the love of God and we have the laws of God. All right, go to Psalm 119. All right, Psalm 119, let's look at verse 97. It says, Oh, how love I thy law, it is my meditation all the day. Thou, through thy commandments, has made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients because of thy precepts. I have refrained my feet from the evil, from every evil way that I might keep thy word. I have not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me. How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Another scripture that deals with the laws of God. God's laws are the keys to you properly functioning in life itself, just normal life. Here it tells you it'll make you wiser than your enemies. How many know that's important? It's important to know how to handle every situation that comes into your life, every tragedy that tries to hit you, every lie of the devil that tries to come against you. The laws will make you wiser than your enemies. It'll give you understanding. It will restrain you from every evil way that you seem like you want to go. God's laws are the owner manual of life. Say God's laws are the owner's manual of life. Now, the same way in the natural way. How many of you have ever bought a microwave or bought a washing machine or brought a dryer? You bring, it, you bring it home and you put that microwave up there and you open the top of the box and the very thing on the top of the box happens to be something called the owner's manual. And you see that owner's manual and you get to it and it says, please read every page of this owner's manual before you start operating that microwave. And the first thing you do is toss it over here 
And then you plug the microwave in. That's why the date on your microwave and the time is still off. Because <laughs> you never learned even how to fix the thing. See, we don't do it. We just get it there. Well, that's it. Praise God. Well, why do they give you that thing? They give it to you so that you can use their thing at peak performance and use everything that's on the inside of that microwave so that everything works for you and everything takes place. And, and how many of you know if you mess up and you put something in the microwave that's not supposed to be in there and it blows up, you cannot blame the manufacturer. Right. See, there's a lot of Christians blowing up, blaming God because they're not following the owner's manual or they're not following the laws of God. So the first thing you need to do is you need to read that. You need to, you need to understand it. So you need to spend time in this book. Why? And have it God speaking to me. It's God speaking to me. A lot of people read it and know it's God speaking to their wife. If she just read that verse, praise God, it would change our lives. No, no, God wants to deal with you. He'll handle your wife, praise God. Don't worry about it. Or your husband as they get in the Word and they read the Word of God. So basically, we want to get in there. We want to read it. We want to obey it. We, we can carry it to church all your life. You can put it up on a shelf if you want. You can color a few pages. But if you're not spending time in the Word of God, it's not going to bring the life that you mean, need on the inside of you to come out, especially if you don't plan it. So if you do not read the manual and something happens, you can't blame anybody but yourself. And some things we do out of ignorance and some things we do knowing that we shouldn't be doing them anyway, but we do them anyway because we want to do them anyway. And that's where we get in trouble, isn't it? There's a penalty. I know I wasn't supposed to go 100 on 995, but I was in a hurry. And how many know when the policeman stops you, you can say, I was in a hurry. And he's going to say, oh, okay. I didn't know you were in a hurry. There's no penalty for that at all. As long as, no, no, he's going to say, sorry, Charlie. It says 65 here, and you're doing 100. It ain't going to work after you. So there's a penalty whether you like it or not. There's going to be a penalty there if you do not follow the laws of God. And notice, it's not God judging you. It's the law judging you. It's not the policeman. You know, I watch cops sometimes on TV. I sort of like that show. And everybody that gets hauled into jail, drunk or whatever, blames the policeman. I can't figure out. You arrested me. I can't believe No, you did this to me. No, you did this to you. And the law basically reprimanded you for what you were doing. So God is not judging you. God wrote the manual that you needed to succeed. And as you read that manual, it will work for you. Just the way that natural laws work for you. We talk all the time about gravity. How many know gravity is a natural law? You didn't invent it. You didn't do it. And I'll tell you what. You can say, I don't believe in gravity. You can say, I don't care about gravity. I don't believe there is such a thing as gravity. And you can jump off a building and you will find out there's gravity in a hurry. As soon as you take the first step, you're going to get revelation. And it's going to be too late, isn't it? Because you're going to go down and you're going to smash on the floor. So I don't care. I'm going to step out the window anyway. So Christians step out the window and they get in all kind of trouble. And you know what they say? Well, God just pushed me out the window so I can minister to somebody else who goes out the window. I mean, I've heard some of the wackiest stuff I've ever heard in my life from people. People are nuts. And they're Christians, for God's sakes. Well, if I'd have never fell out of the window and almost killed myself, I couldn't minister to people who stepped out of the window. No, no. You can minister. If, if that was true, then Jesus was the worst minister ever. Because he never stepped out of the window. He was smarter than that. He followed the law of love. He didn't need to perfect it. And he didn't have to get drunk four days in a row to, to minister to alcoholics. No, we've got that on the inside of us. We've got love on the inside of us. We've got knowledge on the inside of us. So they, we have laws in the kingdom of God, and we have blessings if they are obeyed, and they are consequences if they are not obeyed. 
And we live in very dangerous times right now. Why is that? Because society is justifying some things that are against the laws of the kingdom of God. The government is justifying some things that are against the laws of the kingdom of God. They say same-sex marriage is all right. Abortion is fine. Adultery is great. You know, all these things out there. Now, you've got to stay in the kingdom of God. How many of you know that? It doesn't matter what they pass in the government. They're not going to help you when the final time comes. And there's spiritual laws there that will affect your life. So when God created you a spirit being and put his nature on the inside of you, everything natural to you is things of the kingdom of God. Sin is not natural to you anymore. If sin was natural to you, then the wages of sin wouldn't be death. It would be life. But it's death. Why? Because it's anti your life, anti the way you were created. And you read about the Word of God, the Word of God will come and not only affect your spirit, it'll affect your soul and your joints and even your marrow of your bones. Why is that? Because it's got to do with the physical also because your spiritual being is the main thing, but what's in your spirit flows out into the natural realm. If you get full of the Word of God, you better be careful. You might get healed. See, what's in you may flow out of the inside of you and may set you free, or you may get a revelation know the truth and be set free. So basically, you cannot legalize sin and live in the kingdom of God. You can legalize sin and live as a Christian. We're doing it everywhere. Everybody's doing it. They don't care. Well, this is what's right. We believe this is right. Then the bishops get together of their church, and they vote whether it's right or whether it's wrong. You can't vote against God. He's already set the law down, and he's already done it. It's already there, praise God. So it's not legal. It's illegal for kingdom citizens to do that. It makes you a, a, a criminal, basically. And a lot of times, ignorance doesn't make any difference. I mean, if you rob a bank in the natural realm, and they catch you, and you say, well, I didn't know it was wrong to rob a bank. I just needed money. And how I many know it's not going to help you again? So we want to understand the laws. We want to understand what what kingdom says. And people say, but God loves me. God does love you. But if you jump out of a building, I love you too. I can't help you. (laughs) Unless I'm standing down at the bottom. And trust me, fifth story, I'm going to get out of the way probably. I don't know if I love you that much, you know. But yeah, yeah, then we want to blame God. No, we're doing things basically that we don't need to do. And we don't want to not fulfill our purpose. We want to fulfill our purpose. We want to find out what we're doing and we want to be able to hear from God and we want to walk in those things. And people say, well, with age I'll learn. No, through the Bible you'll learn. You can be in the church 40. The only thing that comes with age, you know what it is? Old. I've figured it out finally. The only thing that comes with age is old. Knowledge doesn't come with age and all that stuff doesn't come with age. Nope, that's not the way it operates, praise God. What comes with age and your wisdom and knowledge is the word of God out of the mouth of God is where we live by. All right, go to Proverbs chapter 4. All right, Proverbs chapter 4. It's one of my favorite scriptures. Look at verse 20. My son or my daughter, attend to my words or my laws, incline thy wear under my sayings. Let them not depart from thy eyes. Keep them in the midst of thy heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and they are health to some of their flesh, part of their flesh, only on Thursday. No, health to all their flesh. Say all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. Put away from thee a froward mouth and a perverse lips. Put far from thee, let not thy eyes look right on, and let thy eyelids look straight before me. Now notice, this is a simple remedy here from the kingdom of God about the laws of God. If you meditate in the laws of God day and night, you put the word of God on the inside of you, it promises you two very important things, life and health. 
See, nobody, I mean, the world can't promise you health. Your doctor can't promise you health. The CDC definitely can't promise you health. But God promises you health. How does he do it? Through the laws of the Bible. So the laws are the handbook, basically, that will give you success in life and give you health in life, will give you joy in life, and will give you peace in life. To live in the kingdom, we must become acquainted with God's owner manual. And in the body of Christ, many are looking for a word from God, direction, prophecy for their future. All right, well, I want to prophesy for you a little bit tonight. I want to proverb size for you. Go to Proverbs chapter 6. Look at verse 10. Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that travaileth, and thy want as an armed man. If you're lazy in the world and lazy in ministry, I predict poverty in your life. Why is that? Because that's what the law says. Look at chapter 6, verse 14. Frowardness is in the heart. He devises mischief continually. He sows discord. Therefore shall his calamity come suddenly. Suddenly shall he be broken without remedy. So discord with other people, talk evil about other people. I predict calamity in your life. You're going to be broken in your life, broken in your spirit. Look at chapter 6, verse 32. But whoso commits adultery with a woman lacks understanding, he that doeth it destroys his own soul, a wound is a dishonor shall he get, and his reproach shall not be wiped away. This tells you what happens committing fornication and adultery. People sleeping around, people living together, people doing these things. It doesn't matter if you're Christian or non-Christian, you get the same results from this stuff. Even if you're not born again and you obey the laws of God, you still prosper. There's some people out there who aren't even born again that just obey simple laws and they prosper more than people who are in the church. But this said you'll destroy your own soul. Well, I just don't have any peace, Lord. Help me. Well, you're the one causing it. Stop it. See, once again, we want to blame God, but it doesn't work that way. All right, Proverbs chapter 10. This is a scary one here, but it's true. Proverbs 10, 24. The fear of the wicked... It shall come upon him, but the desires of the righteous shall be granted. Notice, whatever you fear, sooner or later, if you fear it long enough, it will come upon you. If you're afraid of going broke, and you talk about going broke, and you think about going broke, I got news for you, I'll prophesy, you're going broke. See, because the fear, but notice, not the fear, but also the faith come upon you. Whatever you have faith for in the kingdom of God will come upon you, and God wants to give you the entire kingdom. So you're either fearing something into your life or you're faithing something into your life. That's why you can get delivered and have whatever on, was on you come right back in. If you're going to continue to fear whatever you got delivered from, you're going to be rebound again. Are you following me? Unless you renew your mind and change and get over into faith arena and out of the fear arena. All right, look at chapter 13. He that keeps his mouth keeps his life, but he that opens wide his lips shall have what? Destruction. What's he saying? Run your mouth. You run your mouth. 13.3. What happens? You end up in destruction. Notice, you don't find God or the devil in any one of these verses. It's just simple laws that God has given us to do something with. Look at chapter 14, verse 30. A sound heart is the life of the flesh, but envy the rottenness of thy bones. 
Notice, envy will apparently rot your bones. Well, my bones are rotten. I don't know why God don't do something. Well, get rid of your envy and your bones will quit rotten, praise God. But the doctor ain't going to say, oh, we ran, a, we ran a C-scan or whatever, and we found rottenness deep into your bones. <laughs> no, they're going to give you a drug, another drug to take care of that drug, two more drugs to take care of that drug. Pretty soon you'll be on 25 drugs, and your bones will still be rotten, praise God. Only you won't know because you'll be like this as your bones are rotten. You won't have a problem with it at all. All right, Proverbs 22. Foolishness, verse 15, Proverbs 22, 15. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but certainly don't smack them because that's child abuse, and you don't want to child your abuse because you'll go to jail. No. But the rod of correction shall drive it what? Far from them. Can you see some of the things that are becoming natural in the natural realm and going through the government are anti-laws of God? They're simple anti-laws of God. Look at chapter 23, verse 13. Withhold not correction from the child, for if you beatest him with the rod, he ain't going to die. Thou shalt beat him with the rod, and shall deliver his soul from hell. Now, how many know it, the rod's not a bad thing? Now, how you use the rod makes a difference. I mean, if you're angry, mad, and had a couple beers, and you, and you spank your child till it goes all the way through his butt all the way on the other side, then you've got a problem. But notice, you correct them. You tell them why you're spanking them. You tell them what they did wrong, what laws they broke. And this is the penalty for the laws. But the rod is in the Bible. It can't be voted out or, or lawed out by the people in the natural realm. All right, look at thir chapter 13. Verse 24, he that spares his rod hates his son, but he that loves him chastens him early. Once again, what's it talking about? The rod, about spanking your child in a, in a loving Christian way. What does that do? Teaches them right from wrong. Teaches them that there is a penalty for doing something so that later on they can obey the laws of God. I mean, you can prophesy anything into anybody's life. You find somebody who's drinking heavily their whole life, chances are their organs are going to fail. You find somebody that's doing a lot of drugs, pretty soon they're going to be homeless in jail and dead probably. All these things are done, but they're the result of something you did to break the law that caused you to get in the mess you're in. Walk in worry and strife, I can guarantee you high blood pressure. I can guarantee you nervous breakdowns. Unforgiveness and offense will make you sick and weak. Spend money on fleshly lusts and you'll be broke. Acquire and have the right to be marriage, or argue and have the right to be marriage and always be right. Basically, you'll end up in divorce. So all these things are things that are done, but they really don't have anything to do with the enemy or to do with you. They're your choices of whether you're going to follow the law or not. And people always say, well, that's enough, Pastor, because we're under grace. I know we're under grace, but the grace gives you the ability not to walk in these things. Everybody wants to have an excuse for not obeying the laws. Jesus fulfilled the law, and he brought grace. Grace is simply the ability to do the law, to live in love, not to sin. So don't let grace be your excuse. All right, go to Galatians chapter 5. First thing when I got born again, I heard the Holy Ghost right away. He said, quit drinking. I said, why? Well, I've been drinking my whole life, Lord. What's going on? And he said, then you're going to probably end up dying before you do what I want you to do. 
So what I, I had a choice to make, didn't I? And I could have kept drinking and said, God's never going to make me a pastor. <laughs> you know, give me another drink. We'd have probably had communion every day. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right, Galatians chapter 5. Look at verse 13. For brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So what's he saying? You've been set free. You've been given the divine nature. You have been given laws. You've been given the constitution. You've been given the, the ability to succeed. But don't just look at your freedom and walk away from it and see it as an opportunity to sin in your life. Grace was not given so you do not sin, basically. So you walk in love. Say, I have the grace. To walk, in love. to walk in love. Some people and a lot of Christians, you know, who haven't really got that relationship connection yet, go to church on Sunday and they think that's enough. Then they can live any way they want six days of the week. They can talk any way they want. They can cuss any way they want. They can do anything they want. But as long as they go to church on Sunday, that's fine. But there's no change there. There's no chance to fulfill your purpose until you start seeking after the way the kingdom of God operates in your life. So repent is not basically saying, I'm sorry. Repent is saying, I'm sorry, and I will not do it again. Not just, oh, I'm, so oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to do it again. Because when I used to repent, I knew I was going to do it again, but I felt repenting might save me. Come on now. You've all been there, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I repent for drinking, but I'll tell you what, as soon as we get out of this church, man, we're going to pate down, praise God. No, there was no repentance there. There was, I'm sorry, I got caught, and I don't want to go to hell. That's all I had in my life. So you find out you can't do that. So we don't have to, we don't want to violate the law. We've received the penalty for it, and it's not basically God's penalty towards us. It is basically the law judging us. All right, go to Exodus chapter 24. All right, Exodus chapter 24, look at verse 3. And May Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the judgments, and all the people answered with one voice and said, All the words which the Lord has said we will do. And Moses wrote all the words of the Lord and rose up early in the morning and built an altar under the hill and the twelve pillars according to the twelve tribes of Israel. This is talking now when Moses got the Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments basically are re almost religious dictates, but how many of you know they're the Word of God and what God has given? God gave people who did not know right from wrong laws so that they would start to think and learn what's right and what's wrong again. But the problem was they could not obey the Ten Commandments because they still had the old nature on the inside of them, so they tried their best to obey them, but how many know they always failed? So for a little while, the Israelite people would live in victory, and they'd blow their horns, and they'd dance and sing, and then all, once they'd turn away from God, and they'd get overran by some other king, and then they'd repent, and pretty soon they came, and they danced, and they sung again, and then they'd get overrun by this, kept going back and forth, because they could not do, they did not have the ability. They were not born again, and they did not have the Spirit of God. So the Ten Commandments are basically to ingrain to you on a piece of paper written down what's right to do and what's wrong to do. 
But that's not what God wanted with us. He did not want the laws written down here on paper like this. He wanted them written sooner or later into our hearts and into our very being. So we could recognize what's right or wrong without even finding it in here. But we know simply by, have you ever did something that you didn't even know was wrong, but you knew in your heart that you did something wrong and you had to go to God to find out what you did wrong because you knew you did something wrong and you didn't know what it was? It It happens all the time. It happens all you, you do something or you say something in a certain situation and there's nothing wrong. You're not cussing. You're not swearing. You're just saying something. And later on, the Holy Ghost says, you shouldn't say that. Yeah. You, you shouldn't have said that. You, you shouldn't have said that there. Why? And then he tells you, you say, oh, now I see it. You know, I'm not going to do that. Why? Because it, it was something that when you said it, the other person might have been struggling with. The other person might have had something going on in their life and it went directly into them. See, and they saw it. Like you walk up to somebody and say, I walk up to say, boy, that was a great worship service this morning. Chrissy, you did such a great job. You never heard your voice sound better. And I walk away and it immediately gives Luann to start thinking, what about my voice? I was singing this morning too. He must have not liked the way I sang this morning. He liked the way Chrissy sang this morning. And by the next time we come, we've got one person singing up here, me. And we don't want that to happen. See, so I'm going to be very, very careful in my consciousness of what I say, you see, and sometimes you'll start saying something, hey, that was a great song you sang, and the Holy Ghost will bump you, and they'll say, you guys did such a great job up there, I'm just so, why is that? Because you can cause people to start to think something they shouldn't be thinking, and the only way you're ever going to, you're not going to find that in the Ten Commandments. See, this is something that's got on the inside of you. This is something here. This is something belong. Look, when Adam was, was created, he was never taught by God to be generous. He was born generous. It was natural for him to be generous. But now after we sinned, how many know everybody's got to be retrained on generosity? We all know how to grab and hang on to money and steal and rob a bank and everything else. But nobody ever told us to be generous. So that's something that basically comes back spiritually to you. If you deal with it up here and in the natural realm, you will never give. Because you always have a reason not to give. I'd give to them, but you know, they ain't very nice sometimes. And I know God don't want to sow bad seed into that person. You know, I heard them say S-H-I-T one time, so I ain't sowing into them, praise God. God says, give it. I ain't giving it, praise God, because we don't want to. No, 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 no. See, and all this stuff is spiritual. These are things you, you're careful with. These are things that as you grow, you'll know what to say that doesn't cause discord, even though you're not trying to cause discord. It still causes discord. Are you following me? And the more you grow in the Word of God and the things of God and you're around people, the more times you're going to run into where you're just about to say something, and at the last minute, you catch yourself. And you say something else, or you do something else, or you, you don't want to do that. See, you don't want to get up here and say, I just went to a church last week, and I'll tell you, they had the best children's pastor in the whole world, and they had the best children's ministry I've ever seen in my whole life, and I've ever, and all the time, Bethany's thinking, I'm going to kill him right after this service, praise God. See, you can't do that. And on the other end, we've got to be at a place when we hear that, See, let's go on the other side now. When we hear something like that, we understand that they had a good time at another ministry, and they're not knocking my ministry. They just had a good time there. So it's both ways, isn't it? So if you got one spiritual, not spiritual, you're going to have trouble. If you got two natural, my God, duck. God knows what's coming then, see? But it's all got to do with spirituality. It's all got to do with growing up. It's all got to be with God depositing his, his virtues and his uh, desires and his will in our heart. How many know God never gets offended? He don't walk in unforgiveness. I mean, say amen, praise God. He'll even forgive us after we sin a hundred times, repentance, do the same stupid sin again, praise God. Well, that's what love is, see, and we're going to walk in love as a people. You want the power of God in your church? People walk in love, you'll see power of God in your church. We don't have to 
bicker and fight and argue and all those things. So as you get the Word of God and you read the Word of God and you study the Word of God, the Spirit of God, will, the seed will get on the inside of you and you'll be able to justice some things in your life. Go to Hebrews chapter 8. And it doesn't take much in the day that we're living in in, in, the, in the church, the way it acts and where it responds. You know, we talk, she talks Sunday about me mowing lawn. My gosh, if I'm mowing lawn and somebody calls and, and they got an emergency and I don't answer and they call again, then they text, then they call, then they email, then they call, then they text. They, and you know what they're thinking? Well, he, just, he knows it's me. He just don't want to talk to me. He knows I got another issue and I'm always talking to him about my issues and he's probably hiding from me right now, praise God. Probably got to tell me his phone don't work. Could it possibly be they were doing something and that's why it's a lot easier to get that way because now we have cell phones. Yeah. See, when you text, you expect an answer like yesterday. <laughs> Ain't that right? You don't expect to get a text back in an hour. You expect everybody's got their phone. I mean, everybody you see has got their phone on them. Yeah. You don't see too many people that don't have it on them. They don't leave it at home and go out and shop for four hours and come back to get their phone. It doesn't happen. So you're always waiting for that response. And you become offended pretty easy by just not doing the reply to a cell phone thing that was sent to you. Well, you've got to guard against that. You don't want to get mad at somebody and lose all your friends just because they didn't answer your text, for God's sakes. Well, I'm going to a church where they answer the text. See, and that's the way people think. That's the way people get upset. That, no, no, no. Just relax and enjoy life, for God's sakes. Come on. Praise God. All right, Hebrews chapter 8. Look at verse 10. God says, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their minds, and I will write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor, and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. Now, when do we really start to know the Lord? Is it just when we get born again and go to church? No, it's when His laws and His constitution start getting in us to a point that we are now knowing God's heart. We know His desires. We know His morality. We know what He wants. We know His purpose. We know everything. Now we're becoming one heart with Him. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul. See, it's not just, I love Jesus. That's great. What would Jesus do in this situation? I don't care. I'm going to do what I want to do anyway. It doesn't make any difference to me. No, you're growing one with him. You're becoming an extension of him. In other words, you are doing in that situation exactly what God would do if he's here, but God can't be here because you're in charge, and now you're doing for God what God needs to do. You've got the kind word at the right time. You've got the hug for the somebody that needs it. You've got the loving word that somebody needs. The same thing that God or Jesus would do, then we start doing, and we don't do it by going into a prayer closet for four hours and coming back out with an answer. We just do it because that's who we are, and that's the way that we live now. That's the way we respond. We don't shout and scream when somebody shouts and screams. We don't get upset when somebody else gets it's upset. My gosh, the worst thing you can do when somebody's angry and yells at you is yell back. My God, you might as well just turn the gun right here and pull the trigger, praise God. Because I'll tell you what, somebody that's gone off on a tangent, you'll just add fire to that thing, man. You thought they were talking fast before. Just yell at them, you'll find speed talk. You'd never get another word in the rest of the day, praise God. And they'll go on and on and on and on. No, we don't deal with that. We, a soft answer turns away wrath. 
So we build that on the inside of us. When somebody screams, we just say, oh, I really love you. You know that? You're a really good person. We're so glad that you're here. And that person will go, ah, ah. And you say, no, I really do. I really love you. I'm glad to be around you. And after about the third time, they'll just shut up and become a human being again. And you'll be able to spend some time with them and have a good time. But if you jump into that thing, I'll tell you what, it's going to be lights out. Praise God. All right, Ephesians chapter 4. And I'm not saying that you've got to walk on eggshells your whole life and, and be afraid that you're offending someone either. I mean, if you're preaching the law of God and the, and the constitution of God and you're preaching it the way it is and you're preaching it at love and you make somebody mad, too bad. You know, we talk about tithing in this church. We really don't preach it much, but we mention it quite a bit. If you don't like tithing and don't agree with it and you get mad and run off, we're not going to change the word of God just to make you happy because you don't want to follow the law of God and you want to get upset about it. See, we talk about living together is not kingdom law. Why? It's not kingdom law. So people get mad. Well, we ain't going back to that church because we want to live together. That's fine. That's, it's up to you. There's no problem. But we cannot teach that or condone that because it can't be done because we live by the truth. All right, Ephesians chapter 4. Look at verse 22. That you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man which is corrupt according to deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, so that you put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and created in true holiness. So what am I doing through the word of God? I'm being renewed in the spirit of my what? My mind. I notice it's a spiritual thing. It's not just your natural mind. We're talking about the spirit of your mind to where your spirit now is over your feelings, over your emotions, and over your natural thoughts, and you're living out of here rather than out of here. In other words, everything you get comes right out of here. What happens? God has now written His laws on your mind and on your heart to a place where you're living out of the Spirit of God. And we can do this any single day. You know when you do something wrong. You're driving down the road, and the light starts to change, and you should stop, and you don't change, and you speed up, and you go through it when it's red. I guarantee the first thing you do is look in the mirrors. Why is that? Because you did something wrong and you wonder if someone's going to be coming after you with those little cherry lights on to come and get you. Now, if you're driving down the street and it's a green light and you go through it, do you ever look in your rearview mirror and see if somebody's coming after you? No. Going down the road 85 mile an hour, there sits a cop. How I many you know you're in your check? Oh, Lord. But you're going down the road and it's going 65 and a 70. You never turn around and see if he's following you or not. Because on the inside of us, we know what's right and what's wrong and we know when we made a boo-boo and when we didn't praise God so in other words sometimes we disobey the law that was already in our soul and then run, right away we start feeling guilty it doesn't take long right then you know that gee, I did something wrong and are they chasing me down now or whatever it's the same way you will get spiritually with the smaller things in life and like I say sometimes there's things that you're going to say or going to do but you'll correct yourself and you won't do it praise God Hallelujah. So it's important for us who are in the kingdom citizens to regain our understanding of the spirit of the law and of the constitution. The laws of the kingdom will provide protection for you. We found it will provide health to all your flesh, joy, peace, and all the benefits of the kingdom of God when we obey them. And I just want to make one more quick point, and that quick point is prayer does not supersede law. In other words, law is a law. If you're praying for something and trying to disobey the law at the same time, it's not going to work. If you take a seed and you put it on the cement 
and there it is, and you can leave it there for 20 years, and how many know that seed is never going to grow? It's never going to do anything. It, I don't care if you look at it and say, grow in Jesus' name. I don't care if you say, maha over the seed. I don't care if you dance. I don't care if you jump. I don't care if you shout. You cannot over-supersede law with your prayer. What do I need to do? Stop praying and put the thing in the ground. And you put the thing in the ground, guess what will happen? It'll grow. See, but a lot of times we want to pray about things just because we don't know the law or we're disobeying the law. So we think prayer is going to help you. It's not going to help. God's not going to go against his own laws. See, it's totally up to you. So, Lord, I want to walk in love. Give me more love. Help me to love. Want me to love. love. No, but just put the word of love inside of you. Watch it produce in your life and walk in the love because the love of God has already been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. The Bible says you have patience. How many have ever heard people pray for more patience? And every time they get in a bad situation, they freak out and say, well, God's teaching me patience. Well, apparently not. Because <laughs> yes. you're still becoming impatient at everything that comes your way. He's not teaching you patience. You have a will and a decision and the ability to make a choice. Whether I'm going to walk in patience during this thing or I'm going to freak out and tell everybody that God's testing me and making me stronger. See, there's got to be an excuse. It certainly isn't me. It's either God testing me, the devil attacking me, a bad law or whatever, but it's certainly not me. But that's the way it is. See, we've got a free will. We've got decisions. So a lot of things you're walking in that are not godly and you know they're not God's nature, well, just stop doing that. And you can do that. You have the ability to do that in your life. So just praying is not enough. Obeying the laws yeah. is important in your life. Yeah. A lot of people pray, and then there's nothing wrong with prayer, but I'd rather obey the laws and never pray than pray and never obey a law because yeah. it won't work for you. So the laws are in here. The Constitution's in here. We live in the kingdom constitution. We live by kingdom laws and by what the kingdom tells us to do. We obey those laws with the Constitution, and we, get, we reap everything that's in here automatically. Say automatically. automatically. See, I'm not trying to not get angry anymore so God will bless me. I'm not trying to get angry anymore because that's not who I am, and that's not what I'm supposed to be. And the blessing's automatic on the backside of the thing. It's a result of, not a reward for. It's just the way the kingdom of God operates. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you for teaching us about your law. I thank you for your constitution. I thank you for kingdom life in every single area. And we thank you that every single person in the sound of my voice now or listens to this online will walk in love from here on out. Praise God. We thank you that whenever they step out, they will repent, go right back in, and that will be the last time they do that. And we thank you that you are making us love creations. And we want to obey you with the spirit of our mind in every situation and everything that we say or speak. Lord, let the meditations of our heart and the words of our lip glorify you and everything that we do. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. shall be